Greetings to all of God's people. This is again Mordecai Joseph. And we are again on the calendar. We began last time, last lesson. And uh, we're going to continue now with the calendar and hopefully we can uh, finish it during this uh, lesson. Uh, the calendar basically, well, it's not really the calendar because we are not using it in that way. Uh, the Jewish community uses the Hebrew calendar in the sense of the count from creation. And as we shall see later on at the end, there are actually 214 years off. In other words, they think that they began to count from the day, from uh, the year zero, that is the day of creation, the first week of creation, but actually, uh, at least that's speculation, and uh, I think it is a very good one that they began in the days of Adam's grandson, Enosh, or Enosh, because it says that in his days men began to call upon the name of the Lord. And the reason why we choose that name or that time for the simple uh, reason, uh, because uh, he lived around, approximately around the time when the calendar really began. And the reason is, if he had four, 214 years off the real calendar, that, in other words, 214 years behind, then you're going to have to account for it, and that sounds like a... A very good possibility. Anyway, that's not our uh, major intent. That's for uh, those in the Jewish community uh, to realize the difference between the the calendar, the original calendar that man used from the beginning, uh, from the days of Adam to the days of Noah, and then after that, and then to the days of Abraham, and so forth. Uh, that calendar somewhere, somehow, uh, got a little bit mixed up, and somebody lost 214 years in the process. Anyway. We're going to begin uh, with uh, Adam. Adam was the first one. He was created. He was not born, but he was uh, created in the year zero to creation. And when Adam was 130 years, by the way, uh, if you want to have a sort of a chart uh, and write it down as you go along, you can copy it. This way you can take a look at it at a glance and uh, get many ideas there in terms of when people were born, when they died. That makes it much easier to, to have a lot of uh, information in between. And as we go through this, you'll see what I mean by that. It would come uh, much more handy. So what I did is something that you can do too if you want to make it easier for yourself. Uh, take a, a piece of paper and have seven columns there on the paper. On the first one, you write name and then the year uh, born and then begot at age. In other words, his son, he begot at age uh, such and such, and then the name of his son, and then the years that he lived, that is the first one, that is the father, and, and then the year that he died, in other words, how old he lived, and then after that, uh, the last column will be for the biblical references, and for those who would like to do it this way, it makes it much easier to be able to, to look at dates and uh, when people were born, when they died, and uh, come up with a lot of uh, interesting uh, understanding that way. Uh, you shall see a sampling of that as we go through. I would also attempt, uh, for the sake of uh, a better understanding, uh, at least in terms of names, uh, give you also the meaning of uh, certain of the names that uh, we have here. Uh, you see, when, when God gives someone a name, that name is extremely important. So when he changes the name of Abraham to Abraham, if you don't know what it means, you lose an awful lot of information and so forth, with many other names. If you don't know what Israel means, while the name was Jacob, 
and change to Israel, and if you don't even know what the name Jacob means to begin with, you really don't get the picture in many ways. In other words, you're losing something in the translation. And unfortunately, it seems to be that the, the, the translators of the King James made it a point, I don't know why, to change and alter, and uh, I don't know if I should use the word, uh, word pervert, but they altered every single name in Hebrew, generally speaking, every single name of a person and of a place by changing the way you say it. In the process, you really lose the meaning. While if you speak Hebrew, you see the name, you know exactly what it means, and immediately you get the picture of what the story is all about. And uh, I will try to attempt to give you some of the meaning of uh, some of the names here when I feel that it is interesting and uh, should be relevant. Anyway, the first one is Adam. Adam, we know, means uh, ground, soil, Adama in Hebrew, Adama, and so his name was called Adam, which is natural. And by the way, Eve also was called Adam, as you read later on, that when God created them, in, uh, as we read in the genealogy chapter, beginning with chapter 5, he made them male and female, and he called their name Adam. Both of them are Adam, and then all those who came after them were called the sons of Adam, Bnei Adam. And that's a generic name for men and women, sons of men. That's why when uh, Christ appeared on the scene, he's called the son of man, or son of Adam. That's what they called him. They called him Ben Adam, son of Adam. In other words, he's human. And so everybody that is human is called son of Adam. And Adam was the first one. He was created in the year zero. And at age 130, he begot Seth. Now, we know that he had two children before that, Cain and Abel, but they are not relevant to the chronology. And so, Seth begins uh, the chronology in the sense after Adam, his father, or Adam. And Seth means gave, in other words, uh, when uh, Abel, or Hevel, which means breath, and vanity, the word vanity comes from that, when he was murdered, then they had a son, and we don't know exactly when he was murdered, but it's very evident that both Adam and Eve didn't wait 130 years, or at least, let's say, 125 years, if they lived five years without children, you know, to, to have another son. So, obviously, the murder occurred, uh, who knows, maybe 20, 30, 50, uh, maybe 100 years uh, down the road. We don't know that, because the, the, the Bible doesn't give us any account. And the impression that you get there is because it is in chapter 3, it must have been, or let's say in chapter 4, it must have been immediately after. But it didn't happen that way. And the Bible doesn't give us details where God doesn't think that it is relevant or important. But, for sake of curiosity, sometimes you can go to history and here and there and you find out more details or sometimes into the account itself. So we have Adam, who was born at, uh, I mean, created age 0. At age 130, we got Sheth, in Hebrew. And Adam lived 930 years, and he died in the year 930, to creation. I mean, that's very plain. The scripture is there to tell us that. So we have references that are scriptural in every case, and we don't have to rely on uh, doubtful uh, dates, historic records, or whatever it may be. And the reference for it is Genesis chapter 5 and verses 3 and 4. Now, Adam begot Shed, and so now Shed becomes the patriarch number 2, on this list of uh, 23 patriarchs that basically pass on information, and uh, many of them lived uh, uh, the same time. 
And so it was a hand uh, picked information on a personal basis from mouth to mouth by people that lived and outlived others and lived at the same time with many other patriarchs. And you will see as we proceed with the dates how interesting it is how some people that you never thought uh, lived a certain time did live at the time of others that were not far removed from Adam himself. And so the son of Adam is Sheth, and he is born in the year 130, and Sheth lived 90 years, that is Seth, uh, 90 years, and he begot a son, and he named him Enosh, or Enos in English, and Enosh means human, uh, that word became later on uh, the name that they use in Hebrew uh, for in, uh, humanity or being humane, and Enosh, that's what it means, and he lived, Enosh lived 912 years, which means that he died in the year 1042. That means 130 years after his father, since his father was 130 when he was born. And so the scriptural reference for that is Genesis chapter 5 and verses 3 and 6. Now, the name of Shed is Enosh. So Enosh, or Enos, is the third patriarch. And he was born, uh, as I say, 90 years later. That is when Seth was 90 years. He begot Enos. And so Enos was born in the year 220 to creation. And when Enosh, or Enos, was 105 he had a son, and his name was Cainan, which is like Cain or Cain, which means to buy or to purchase. And he lived 905 years. And he died in the year 1125, in the second millennium. Uh, so Seth, the second from Adam, that is the son of Adam, uh, and, uh, and then Enos, both of them are in the second millennium. And the reference for, for uh, Enos is chapter 5 of Genesis, verses 6 to 11. And so we are now with the son of Enos, which was Canaan. And so Canaan is patriarch number 4. He was built, born in the year 325. And he lived 17, 70 years, 7, 0, 70 years, and begot a son, and his name was Mahlalel the praises of God. Now notice the word El at the end. Now, last time when we talked about, about Cain and his uh, genealogy, at least for a few generations, we saw that in the fourth and the fifth generation of Cain, that is, after him, uh, the sons were given the name of God at the end of the name. In the case of the line of Seth, uh, number four, the patriarch uh, number four, which is the third generation, he gave a name to his son, which included the name El. So basically around this time, we see an introduction of another name of God, which is a short form of Elohim, or actually more correctly, the short form of Elim. Elim is the plural of El, and Elohim is the plural of Eloha, which is a longer form. Of, of El. In Hebrew, you have a short form and a longer form for a name. And there are many names like that, like Jeremiah. It's Irmiyah in Hebrew, and the long form is Irmiyahu, or Yehezekiah, or Hezekiah in English, and the form, uh, the longer form is Yehezekiah. 
And so this is what we find here. It's, it's pretty common in Hebrew, short form and long form of a name. Uh, the short form becomes sort of a nickname. And so we have uh, Canaan in the year 325 at age 70, he begot Mahlal El, that is the praises of God, and that's the, name, that's the meaning of the name. And uh, he died 910 years later, that's how long he lived, which means he died in the year 1235. And that's in the 12th century, in the 13th century actually. Uh, to creation. And the references for him is Genesis 5, verses 9 and 12. And so Mahalal El is now the patriarch number 5. Now he was born in the year 395 to creation. And at age 65, he begot Yered, or Jared in English, which is again meaningless, because we don't know what it means. Yered means come down, go down, Yered, Yarad, and uh, so forth. And then in, uh, he lived, Yered, or Jared, lived 895. Now basically, as a rule of thumb, uh, every time you see Ye in English, uh, that is in Hebrew, it was changed to J, like Yehovah, the name of God, which is not pronounced in the Jewish community. And about 2,000 years ago, maybe a little bit longer, the, the rabbinic uh, authorities decided uh, we do not want people to desecrate the name of God, so we're going to forbid everybody. And from that time on, that name would not be pronounced only by the high priest once a year in the temple on the Day of Atonement. And so the name was still being preserved in the Jewish community. They just didn't want to pronounce it. And so when the punctuation were, were invented in the Hebrew calendar, that is in the Hebrew language, they basically... Uh, punctuated the name correctly. So to this day you know exactly how the name was uh, pronounced. Some people think that the, the correct name was, was lost. No, it was never lost. It's not, as some people say, Yahoo, Yahweh, and all that stuff. It's not, neither one of those. Uh, the Hebrew is Yehovah, not Yahovah, as I explained earlier in, in the Hebrew grammar. Uh, when you have a Yah in the beginning, First syllable, you change it to a yet. And so, yeah can come at the end, the name of God, yeah, but not in the beginning. In the beginning, it changes to yet. And in ancient Hebrew, there was no V sound, that is, before the days of Ezra, uh, it was a W sound, so instead of Yehovah, in the ancient Hebrew before uh, Ezra and Nehemiah, it was Yehovah. And if you go to the Middle Eastern communities who speak Arabic, and I was born in a community like that, they still use the ancient pronunciation, Yehovah. Uh, of course, they're not going to use this name, but uh, whenever it is the sound, they still pronounce it as a W. And that's what we find. So, God never forbade, as I mentioned before, the, the, the speaking of his name. He just say, said, don't take it in vain. In other words, when you take it, don't take it in vain. But he commanded Israel, when they are to swear, they have to swear by his name. And if you prohibit the community from using his name, how are they going to swear by his name when they cannot even pronounce his name? Uh, well, that's a dilemma that the uh, robbers have to worry about. We don't have to worry about that. Anyway, uh, we are now at the time of uh, Mahlal El, the fifth uh, patriarch. At age 65, he begets Yered, or Jared, who lives 895 years and dies in the year 1290. And biblical reference, 
is Genesis 5, verses 12 to 17. And so, Jared now becomes, or Jared becomes uh, number six on the list, the, the patriarch number six, and he was born in the year 460, and he lived 162, and he begot Enoch, or in Hebrew, Hanoch, which means dedicated. From that comes the word Hanukkah. And you heard the name Hanukkah, that's where it comes from. Hanoch comes from that. Uh, in other words, Hanukkah comes from uh, uh, dedicated. Uh, from that, also, the name later on uh, was used for Chinuch, which means to educate. In other words, if you dedicate someone to live by a certain way, you're educating that person to live by a certain way. So the, the, these two uh, verbs are linked because of that. And so the name of the son of Yered, or Jared, is Hanoch, or Enoch, and he lived 962 years, long life, even longer than all those before him, and he died in the year 1422, and reference for him in Genesis chapter 5, verses 18 to 20. Now, the son of Hanoch, or Enoch, uh, is, well, let's say, Hanoch is now go, he goes to number seven. So, number seven, patriarch number seven is now Hanoch. He was born in the year 622, and when he was 65, he had a son, he called him Methuselah. Methuselah, Methuselah as I said again, doesn't mean anything. Uh, uh, well, I wouldn't repeat it too much because it becomes repetitive, but I just want to drive the point. Uh, to those who are interested, that names are extremely important that tell you an awful lot. And when you pervert the name, warp the name, change the name, whatever it may be, you totally lose everything in the process. And I think it's important to God that a name would mean something. That's why he gives us names. And uh, they mean something. When you change that, you lose the meaning. Anyway, his name was Metushelach, which are two words. means Metu from death. And Shelach means to send. Uh, so, I don't know why he gave him that name. Uh, sending death or death will be sent. The Jewish legends tell us that, and I don't know if it's correct, but they say that, uh, that somebody perceived at the time that a great catastrophe was coming upon the earth. And so when this son was born of Hanoch, they gave him that name, that death will be sent. And that's how they called him, death will be sent. Uh, which means that if the flood it was correctly uh, linked to that, uh, he was in essence prophesying the coming total destruction of humanity. At least that's, that's uh, the legend of the time. Now, uh, Hanoch, who begot Methuselah, we don't know when he died. And the reason is, now we have a story in between that some people got very much mixed up about, especially when they had a false doctrine of going to heaven or going to hell. And that is, it says that Hanoch walked with God. You can read it in Genesis 5, verses 18 to 24. And he walked after he begot Methuselah, with, at age 65, 300 years with God, and they, he was no more because God took him. And the explanation for that was, well, he went to heaven. In other words, once the doctrine of going to heaven was invented, first by pagan religions, and then it was injected into the Jewish religion in the days of, uh, let's say, about 200, 200 years uh, before uh, 
the beginning of the count, in other words, about 2,200 years ago. That's when people brought it from Egypt and Babylon, those concepts, and they injected into Judaism, because before that, that concept did not exist. Uh, the Jewish religion, or the religion of Israel, never accepted this concept of going to heaven or going to hell. They understood that when you die, you go to the grave, and then you wait for the resurrection, and when the resurrection occurs, you come back to life, and if you go to heaven, what do you need to be resurrected for? You see? Which doesn't make sense. And that's basically what it was. And if uh, you go to your grave, you are dead, then you need to be resurrected to be alive again. And so that, that's a later doctrine. Anyway, uh, he walked with God 300 years and then he was taken. And later on you see the same thing about Elijah. It says that he was taken into heaven. What does that mean he was taken into heaven? Uh, a few chapters later, in the life of the king, of the son of that king, uh, that he lived during, that is King Ahab, and prophesied during his time, but in the days of his son, after Ahab died, when supposedly he was taken to heaven, we read about a letter that Elijah the prophet sent to him. Well, how do you send a letter from heaven? Well, obviously, uh, that, that uh, teaching about going to heaven is, is a total nonsense. That's an invention of pagans that in, was injected into the religion of God. And to this day, uh, an awful lot of people, majority of humanity, that believe in uh, either Islam, Judaism, or Christianity, they all believe in the same error. And yet the Bible makes it very plain. Nobody goes to heaven, nobody goes to hell, and now you're going to be burned in a lake of fire, that's something else. That doesn't mean you're going to be in a place where you are alive forever. Because if you're dead, you're dead. You're not alive. And if you're dead, you need to be resurrected. But if you are alive and go to heaven, you don't need to be resurrected. So what's the purpose of the resurrection? Well, to explain that away, then uh, some uh, Jewish scholars began to invent other crazy ideas and notions which are neither here nor there biblically speaking. Well, that's a different story. And for that matter, other uh, scholars in other religions have invented the same thing. The Bible makes it very plain anyway. So he walked with God 300 years, and then he went away. In other words, God took him from one place to another, just like Elijah earlier before that, as Obadiah, a servant of God, when he met him, uh, when Ahab sent him to go and look for food and water, he met Elijah, and he, Elijah told him, go tell the king, I want to speak to him. And Obadiah says, how can he do that to me? If he hears about it, he's going to kill me, because we know that the Spirit of, of God takes you away here and there. So, Elijah going up you know, on chariot of fire was something that already happened earlier, several times, not only one time. And so, there is nothing new about that. But at that point, when he says he went up to heaven, people get totally confused about it. Well, earlier, I thoroughly explained this uh, doctrine, so I don't think I should uh, say more about it. So, uh, Nahor, uh, no, we are not in Nahor, we are, not, we are still in uh, with Hanoch. Hanok walked with God 300 years, and so after that he was gone. So we don't have a date for his death, only we know that in the year 987, he was still around, uh, just somewhere else. And in chapter 5, and verses 18 to 24 of Genesis, you read the account. So, Methuselah, or Methuselah, is the son of Hanok, and so now we are with number 8, and that's Methuselah, the 8th patriarch. He was born in the year 687. And he lived 187, and he had a son. His name was Lamech. And as I said it earlier, it doesn't mean that he didn't have any children before that. It's just God didn't choose to record the names of those. Uh, Lamech was the one that was recorded as his son. 
at this point, when he was 187. And Lamech was a son of Metushelach, and Metushelach lived the longest than any other man. He lived 969 years. That's why to this day, in the community of Israel, whenever they talk, especially in Israel, when they talk about Metushelach, uh, they use that name for anybody who lives a long life. So when they see a very old man, or when they see a very old donkey, or an old mule, or whatever, they say, it looks like uh, Methuselah, or Methuselah. That means the concept of very old. Anyway, uh, Lemech, who was the son of Methuselah, uh, was born 187 years after Methuselah was born. And so Methuselah lived 969, and he died in the year 1656. Uh, reference is Genesis 5, verses 21 to 27. And so the son of Methuselah is Lamech, and I don't know what Lamech means, and uh, probably if I'll dig a little bit further someplace, I'll find out the name. But uh, Lamech uh, nowadays is used for a silly person. And the reason is, as you read the account, uh, about his two wives and so forth. Anyway, Lamech was patriarch number seven. Uh, that is number nine, sorry, number nine. And he was born in the year 874. Now notice, Adam is still alive, because Adam died in the year 930. And so when you put it down like that on a chart, you can see crisscross, go through the dates when they died, and that will give you an idea that all these people were born generation after generation. We are now in the ninth generation after Adam, and Adam is still alive. And that's Lamech now. And Lamech, mind you, was the father of Noah. So here's the father of Noah still alive at the same time that Adam, the first person to be created, is still alive. So first-hand information passes on from father to son. And so it reaches Noah, who goes over the flood and continues to, to uh, pass on information on a personal basis to those that came after him. So Lamech... At age 874, this is, uh, sorry, he was born in the, in the year 874, and at age 182, he begot his son Noah. And Lamech lived only seven, seven, seven years. Very interesting year. Why was it seven, seven, seven? Who knows? Uh, we don't know. It's just a coincidence. Uh, date. But he died in the year 1656, and that is, I'm sorry, in the year 1651. Now his father, Methuselah, died in the year 1656. That means his father outlived him. Methuselah, or Methuselah, outlived him by five years. And it's interesting that his father, Methuselah, or Methuselah, or Methuselah, died in the very year that the flood occurred. And we shall see it a bit later, right now, as a matter of fact. His son, now, uh, by the way, the reference for uh, Lemeth is in Genesis 5, verses 25 to 31. And now we go to his son Noah, who is the tenth, the tenth from Adam, the tenth patriarch from Adam. Not necessarily the tenth born, because there were those in between, but were not recorded. And so he's the tenth from Adam in terms of the list of the patriarchs. And he was born in the year 1056. So he is the first one to be born in the second millennium. And when he was 
500 years we read in Genesis 6.32, he begot Shem, Ham, and Japheth. But obviously, the three children were not born in the same year, and a triplet. We find that out pretty quickly as we proceed with the chapters. For example, in uh, Genesis chapter 7 and verse 11, Noah was 600 years when the flood came, that is 100 years later, and then in chapter 11 and verse 10, we read that Shem, his son, was 100 years and two years after the flood, which lasted a whole year, which makes it 103, he begot a son, two years after the flood. And his son was Apachshad, which means that Noah, at the age of 503, begot Shem, not at the age of 500. Just at the age of 500, he begot uh, the firstborn, uh, which probably was Japheth, which means Yefet in Hebrew, which means beautiful. And then the second son, Ham, in Hebrew, or Ham, uh, in Hebrew, Ham means hot. Maybe that's why they ended up in hot places like Africa. And then the third one means Shem, which means basically name. That's what he called him, name. Maybe you ran out of names, I don't know. But he was born 503 years to Noah, not, uh, not uh, 500. Anyway, Noah is 1056. This is when he was born. At age 503, he begot uh, uh, his son, Shem. That is the third one. And Noah lived 950 years. And the flood, by the way, was 100 years after he begot Shem, which meant, meant 600 years to Noah, as we read in Genesis 7:11, and that brings the flood to the year 1656, the same year that Methuselah died. And maybe Methuselah, or Methuselah, his grandfather, died during the flood. We don't know that. All we know is he died the same year, and his father died four years earlier. That is the father of Methuselah. I'm sorry, the son of Methuselah, and that's the father of Noah. So the father of Noah died in the year 1651, the flood came in the year 1656, and Noah now is two, Noah died in the year 2006. So Noah died in the third millennium, because he lived 950 years, uh, but 400 and, uh, no, actually 300 and 47 years after the flood, since it was uh, 600 during the flood, 601. Well, actually, it's two years more. Anyway, that's irrelevant. The dates for that, or the references actually for that, is in Exodus, I mean, sorry, in Genesis chapter 5 and verses 28 to 29, I'm speaking about Noah, and then in uh, Genesis chapter 6 and verse 32, when his son was born, and then in 9.29, and also we mentioned uh, earlier that in Genesis 7.11, he was, that is Noah, was 600 years old. And then the flood, as we proceed through chapters 7 and 8, you find out was a whole year, one whole year. So, we now, in the tenth, the tenth with the 10th patriarch, in the year 2006, which is a very interesting year, the third millennium. And we're going to continue now 
with uh, the people that came after the flood. The first one, obviously, is the one that went through the flood, and that's Shem. And Shem was born, as I said, uh, three years after his firstborn, other his, his older brother, Japheth, in the year 503 to Noah, which brings you to the year 1559. So in the year 1559, since Noah was born in the year 1056, and 503 years later he had Shem, in the year 1559, Shem was born, and at the age of 100, which was two years after the flood, that makes him uh, 103, his son, Arpachshad, I don't know what Arpachshad means, uh, was born, and Shem, we are told, lived 600 years and begot sons and daughters. What we are not told is, when did he die? And so now we are going to see eight patriarchs. From Patriarch Shem, who is number 11, to number 18, Patriarch number 18, which is Nahor, that's a grandfather of Abraham, were not given any day, date of death, and I don't know why. Uh, eight people were skipped in terms of the date. Maybe in ancient times they had that uh, record, but today in the Bible we don't have it. And so we don't know that, but what we do know when they were born, and how old they were when they had a son. And so this is an important thing for the chronology, and the Hebrew calendar also, for those who are interested in going through that and finding out the exact year in which we are, which is, as I said uh, earlier, 214 years off of the present 5759 year. And so we have Shem, born in the year 1559, at age 100, begot a son, Akbar he lived 600 years. We don't know what happens after that. Reference for that is Genesis 11 and verses 10 and 12. And so the son of Shad is number two, patriarch number two. And I'm sorry, number 12. And number 12, of Shad is born in 1659. And at age 35, he begot a son, Shelach in Hebrew, which means sent. Sala means nothing. Again, that's what happens when you translate or mistranslate. You lose the meaning. And uh, Arpachshad lived 438 years, and they begot sons and daughters, which brings you to the year 2097, but we don't know when did he die. And reference is chapter 11 of Genesis, verses 10 and 12. And Arpachshad, as we said, begot his son, Selah, or Shelach, who is number 13 now on the list, and he was born in the year 1694, 1694, and at age 30, he begot his son, Eber, or Ever, and Ever is a very interesting name. Ever means go over or pass over, and all the people uh, that came from Ever, when they crossed over the Euphrates, where everybody basically lived in those days, on the other side, they were called Hebrews, which means the people that went over. And that's all Hebrew means, the people that went over. And since Abraham, or Abram, went over the river when he left his land of Babylon and went to the land of Canaan, anybody went in that direction over the river was called a Hebrew. And Abraham was a Hebrew, the one that went over, because God told him to go over and go into the land of Canaan. And from that comes also the name Hebrew, the language, the Hebrew language, Ivrit. 
It comes from that, from ever, to pass over, to go over. And ever lived 433 years and had sons and daughters, but we don't know when he died. So that brings us to the year 2127. And reference is Genesis 11, verses 12 to 14. Now we come to his son, Ever, who is patriarch number 14. He was born in the year 1724, and at age 43, he had a son. His name was Peleg. Peleg means division. In his day, everything was divided. The land was divided. People were divided. They were going in all directions. And probably by the mere fact that they had begun to go over the river of the Euphrates, well, naturally, they began to go to other lands. And so they were divided now. They were no longer in one place. As originally Nimrod, when he built the Tower of Babel, they wanted everybody to be around the tower, uh, but people started going in all directions. Obviously, the languages were not different and so forth. And so we find Ever having uh, begotten a son, Peleg, and he lived 473 years, and in the year 2197 he was still around. We don't know when he died. Again, a reference Genesis 11, verses 14 to 16. Now, Peleg had a son, who is patriarch number 15. He was born in the year 1767, and he lived 30 years, and he begot a son, and he called him Reu. Reu in Hebrew means go shepherd. Uh, that's in the plural. Uh, go become a shepherd, or go, go do the, the shepherding. And uh, in English, you lose uh, the translation. In the translation that is uh, to another language, you lose the meaning, unless you translate exactly what it means. Now, he lived 239 years and had sons and daughters, but we don't know when he died. Uh, we know that uh, that br brings you to the year 2006. That is, 2006 was 239 to, to, to Reu. That is, oh, sorry, to Peleg, his father, father of Reu. And, and uh, Genesis 11:16-18 tells us a story about him, about Peleg, and then uh, Reu is the son of Peleg, so Reu is number 16 on the list, was born in 1797, at age 32, he begot a son, his name was Serug, and uh, Serug, uh, from the, uh, that word comes Sarag, which means to knit, you know, when you knit uh, a sweater, whatever it may be, Serug, Sarag, uh, related to that, and I don't know why he gave him that name. Uh, had a connotation, a meaning, whatever. Uh, he lived 239 years and had sons and daughters. What happened after that, we don't know. We know that in the year 2036, he was still around because he was begetting sons and daughters, obviously. And you don't get sons and daughters all in one year. So, obviously, he lived for many years after that. Like all those ahead of him, those uh, after him, uh, we have basically eight patriarchs from number 11, from Shem, to 18, number 18, Nahor, we are just not told when they died. And so all I can give you is uh, the year where they were still around, begetting sons and daughters. And so, uh, Serug, uh, reference for him is Genesis 11, verses 18 to 20. Now, Serug had a son. Uh, Serug is now number 17. And in, uh, he was born in the year 1829. And at 830, he had a son, and his son's name was Nahor. Nahor now is a very familiar name, because Nahor is the grandfather of Abraham. And uh, Serug lived 230 years, and he still had sons and daughters. And it brings us to the year 2059, 
but we don't know when he died. Genesis 11, 20 to 22. That is Genesis chapter 11, verses 20 22. We read about Serug. And his son Nahorna is patriarch number 18. And he was born in the year 1859. And at the age of 29, he begot a son whose name was Terah. Terah means in Hebrew, Terah, a burden or, or uh, work hard. You know, when you work hard, that's a burden. Uh, it becomes a burden to you. I don't know why you call him. Maybe he was a burden. Uh, maybe he was born very heavy. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, that's what he called him, Terah. And it's interesting, uh, the names that people give to their children. And there's always a meaning to it. That's where you find the Indian uh, custom, to, to give a name to a son or a daughter based on something. Uh, they just don't give you a name that means nothing. And that's basically what you find there. And so Terah is the name. And so Terah is the son of uh, Nahor, called Burden, and we are told that when he was 148 years, then he would be the last one where we don't know the day of his death, that is the date or the year, and so in the year 2007 he's still around, uh, having children. And the reference for him is Genesis 11 and verses 22 to 24. Now, we're dealing with his son, Terah, and Terah is the patriarch number 19, and he was born uh, when his father was 29, that means we are now in the year uh, 1888, and then we read about him that when he was 70, he begot uh, Abraham and Haran and Nahor, that means he begot three sons, and the reality is that if you take that date at face value, you will get mixed up. Because three children are not born the same year, just like the three sons of Noah. And when you dig a little bit further, you realize that actually Abraham, who was supposedly born when he was 70, 70 years, was born 60 years later. That means he was actually 130 years when Abraham was born. Now, why did the scripture write it, uh, record it in that way? Uh, well, this is very common to the way God records scriptures. It gives you a statement. It does not necessarily explain everything there. And you have to go dig in other places. And you put it all together and you come up with the right answer. And that's intentional on his part because he wants us to hunger and thirst for his word, for his righteousness. And only to people like that is going to reveal more knowledge and understanding. And people like that who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they obviously are going to search and to dig and to look deeper into it. They're not casual readers, and God is not interested in casual worshipers, but those who are totally, profoundly, wholeheartedly, all the way, are willing to worship Him. And that's why He's hiding and concealing an awful lot of information. And only the wise, it says, shall understand. And the wise ask questions. The wise would say, okay, what is the background? What is the context? What other details are missing here? And he goes and looks for them and he finds them, uh, generally speaking, unless God uh, does not want to reveal uh, some details. And so this is what we find here. And so when we proceed to the end of the chapter, we find very plainly that when, uh, when uh, Terah, the father of Abraham, was 205, he died at age 205. And then when we go to Genesis Chapter 12, we find out very quickly that when he died, and soon after that, 
Immediately after that, God called Abraham out of that land, and Abraham was only 75 years. So, if his father was 70 when he begot Abraham, how could he be only 75 years when his father died at age 205? Well, a little addition and subtraction makes it very plain that his father was actually 130 when Abraham was born, and that's why Abraham was only 75 when at age 205 his father died. And that's basically how you research the scriptures. That's why it says, those who are Berean in attitude, they search the scriptures to see whether it be so. You know, they don't make fun of it or have contempt for it and say, well, you can't trust the Bible. They search. And these are the only people that diligently do it with the right attitude and led by the Spirit of God who are going to find the answer. And so we read about that in uh, the references in, uh, to Terah in Genesis 11, verses 24 to 26, and then in verse 32, we read about him dying. And so we read also about Abraham as soon as uh, chapter 12 begins. Now, the story of Abraham, he was born in the year 2018, that means Abraham is the first one to be born in the third millennium, and since he was born 130 years after his father uh, begot him, so that brings him to 2018, and he begot a son at age 100, his name was Isaac, and Abraham lived 175 years, and Abraham died in the year 2193. 2193. And uh, if you look back in 2193, or if you look in the, actually in the year that he was born, uh, 2018, Abraham was born in 2018, he was born 41 years before Shem, the son of Noah, died. Because remember, Shem died in the year 2159. That's why I said when you put all these dates together at a glance, you can take a look at it and find a lot of interesting details. And at this point, we're going to stop, and this is again Mordecai Joseph saying greeting to all of God's people until the next lesson. The preceding message was taken from the World Wide Website at address www.biblestudy.org. This site is sponsored by Barnabas Ministries. Bible Study. You have questions? The Bible has answers.